good morning, church. Today, um, we're going to open a series that, that we've started here this month on, on access. And, and um, we're going to be talking about giving and tithing and, and finances and, and stuff like that. Um, but before you start puckering up, like right, some of you are already like, oh boy, here they go. They're coming after my wallet. Um, I am not today. I'm going to leave that up to Mark and Zach, right? Like, <laughs> but I, I want to talk about tithing on a broader aspect. Um, because some of us, like, the second we bring up tithing, the second we bring up giving, we like, here we go. Like, right, the church is just after our money. Um, but it's not that. Um, yes, we'll be talking about those things these next few weeks. But did you know, do you know how many times the Bible references money or possessions? Do you know how many verses there are about money and possessions in the Bible? Anybody have a guess? Say that. Over 2,000, yeah. So somebody knows that they've done their homework. There's 2,350 verses in the Bible on money and possessions. It's almost like God knows that we need guidance, right, in this area in our life. And so um, when we look at how many verses there are regarding money and possessions, we need to take a look at it. And I want to tell you that today, before we even get going, that, that giving is not about a percentage. It's about your heart, right? God doesn't care about the percentage. He cares about the heart in which it's coming from. So this morning, I don't want to focus on just tithing money and on our finances. I want to focus on it on a broader spectrum. Because honestly, I think we, we can focus on 10%, right? Many of us know that the tithe means 10%, and that's what we're supposed to give. But when, I, when it comes to Scripture, I think sometimes it's more than that. In the Old Testament, we see the 10%, but, and we like our boundaries, right? Like, we like our check boxes. God, I gave you my tithe this month. Check, I'm done. I gave you my 10%. I'm good. Like, done. That's, that's marked off the check, bo- check box, right? But when I read Scripture, I see something more than that. When I read the New Testament, I see that this maybe means a little bit more than just the 10% check box. And some of us, we like to use tithing as, as the get-rich-quick scheme, right? Like, it's like Scripture tells us in Malachi 3 to test God in this. I'm testing him in this. And, and when I give God, he's going to give me more, right? But it's more than that. Sometimes we give and expect in return. We give our 10%, and then it's like everything falls apart that month. And like, God, I thought you were going to show up. I'm never giving again. What's the heart that we're giving from? We give and then we manipulate with our finances. How many of you had parents growing up where it's like, hey, remember who bought that shirt on your back, son? Right? Like, like oh, what are you going to take my shirt? Like, what's going on? Like, there's a manipulation factor of like, shape up or I'm removing all your clothes. Right? Like, it's like, what is going on? Or one that's hitting close to me, uh, home for us right now, um, we're moving in a few weeks, is like, how many of you have helped someone move and then when you go ask them for help, they're like, ah, busy, right? Like, um, I, I like, wasn't even beginning to ask Jeff Skinner, like, hey, Jeff, what are you doing? And he's like, pretty sure I'm busy, right? Like, <laughs> how many of us can be that way? Jeff, I'm only picking on you slightly. <laughs> right, like we, we look and it's like, hey, would you help, help me move? I'm like, pretty sure I got something. You don't even know when I'm moving. I'm pretty sure it's busy, right? Like, but what about me helping you? It doesn't matter, I'm busy. When it comes to giving, we can look at the Old Testament and we can see where 10% comes from. 
But when I look at the New Testament, I see that it's even more challenging now. It's about giving everything. And that's what I want to open up with this morning. Because being generous, and our response to being generous, is so much more about our hearts than the size of our wallet. I don't know how many times I talk with college students, and they're like, but I really have nothing to give. And it's like, yeah, you do. (laughs) Right? We all have something to give. A tie that 10% is a perfectly good goal. And I think it's one that we should all aim for. But think about if we, if we applied how we treat our tie, the 10%, with other areas of our life. Think about a relationship of like, hey, you, you give time in a relationship, right? What if you just walked up to somebody and like, hey, Jeff, I really like you, but I'm only giving you 10% of my time because that's all I'm obligated to, right? Or like my wife. Rachel, hey, I love you, but I'm only going to give you 10% of my time. How do you think that response would go? Not very good, right? Or she would just feel like, man, he loves me so much. He's giving me his required 10% of his time. (sighs) Nothing speaks love like that to me, right? Like, if we start applying tithe in other areas of our life, as in it's just giving 10%, it starts to get weird. You guys, when we see generosity in the New Testament, I don't just see 10%. I see a church who's giving everything, not because they have to, but it's because of their natural response to God's grace in their life. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verses 1 through 7, I just want to open with this. It says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their, extreme, and, and their extreme poverty welled up a rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They did not do it as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since we had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving." You guys, I'm challenged by the Macedonian church in this section of Scripture. And there's a reason that Paul is bringing it up. When I look at the first, when I look at the second verse in in that chapter, do any of you notice, like, what's being paired together? Severe trial and overflowing joy. How many of you, when trial hits, that's your natural response? Yay! Right? Like, that's not our natural response. But it was to the Macedonians. Very severe trial and their overflowing joy. It stuck out to Paul. And then there's the second one. In their extreme poverty welled up rich generosity. How many of us think poverty and generosity go in the same sentence? Right? We, we don't view it that way. We think poverty, there's nothing to give, so they can't be generous. When I look at that, how many times do we let trials in our life stop us in our tracks? 
most of us, when trials hit, we stop, right? It's a natural response. When you get hit, you're like, ooh, you, you know, you just stop and you kind of think about the situation. We definitely may not say that we're overflowing with joy. Our responses are, I can't give any more of my time. I can't give any more of myself. And God, I don't feel you anymore. I love that, that Paul's pairing those words. Severe trials and their overflowing joy. Extreme poverty and their rich generosity. It doesn't tell me it's about how much necessarily. It's not about a percentage of your income. It's about where it's coming from. They gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. And then verse 5, to properly give, you must first give your life over to Jesus, right? He says they first gave themselves to Jesus and then to us. Jesus means everything. From there, it's a response. When I look at the New Testament church, churches like Macedonia, I don't think that they just gave money. Because we see here, they don't have much. Right? A lot of times when we think tithe, that's all we think about. But I think it's much more than that. Giving everything includes first, they gave their time. Imagine if you, timed, if you tithed your time to God, what that would look like in your life. So many people I talk to, when I ask them, are you spending time in the Word? They're just like, oh, I don't have time for that, right? But what if we tithe our time back to God? We have 24 hours in a day, right? Last I checked, that was pretty accurate. We're supposed to sleep a healthy eight hours of that day. That leaves 16 hours. Most of us work on average eight hours of that, right? Like, we have to still work. We have to bring things, um, you know, we have to still pay the bills. So we have eight hours left over to work with. That leaves us about 40 hours of free time. If we tithe that time, that's four to five hours a week that we can tithe back to God, that we can spend with him, that we can serve others, that we can look for ways to be used by him. Do we have that? Do you have that? One of the things that I always hear from college students is how busy they are, right? Like, how's life? Ooh, I'm really busy. And some of us, we reply that way, right? Like, hey, how you doing? I'm busy. I didn't ask you if you're busy. I asked how you're doing, right? Like, like we try to qualify that in our life. Like, being busy is a good thing. It's not. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could say, I'm busy, Right? <laughs> A study I read just uh, two days ago on how average college, average college students spend their time. Most college, most college students take at least 12 credits. You have to take 12 credits to be considered a full-time student, meaning that they should be in class for 12 hours a week, right? And then theoretically, they should be spending two to three times that studying for each class every week for a total of 36 to 48 hours a week on education-related events. But the average that they found, on average, college students spend 2.76 hours a day on education. The average college student spends 4.4 hours on leisure activities every day. So they're spending twice the amount on doing nothing and education. Some of you are like, I told you, I told you they don't do anything, right? Like, 
But if we're honest with ourselves, are we any different? Have we really stopped and looked at how we're spending our time? Because when it's spent, it's spent, right? A lot of it is just like finances. When it's gone, you're not getting it back. So I ask you, are you tithing your time to God? Have you looked at where you're spending your time? Secondly, I see that the, the Macedonian church, they gave their attention. I would challenge you, what do you think about through the day, through the week? What's going through your mind? Because is it about getting more? Is it about getting promoted? Is it about getting a better job? Because the Macedonians aren't thinking about what they have because they don't have much, right? They're just like, eh, why worry about that? The Macedonians, they're thinking about how they can get in on this sharing service with the apostles, right? They're like, I don't care that we don't have anything. You have to let us in on this, right? After I gave my life to Jesus, my aunt, who was basically the one Christian influence in my life, she was reading through some book, and she said this book really challenged her to think like once every minute through a 24-hour day to th- just think about Jesus. It's not like you're, you're sitting down and saying this prayer. It's just like, Jesus, thank you. You know, Jesus, you're good. You know, just a quick thought. And I remember kind of walking away from that like, I want to try that, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to try just thinking about Jesus once every minute for an entire day. I failed miserably. Um, I, like, I just kind of got lost. Like, oh, shoot, it's been like 15 minutes since they've even thought about you, God, right? Like, But it did get me to start thinking differently. I started looking at things differently. I started, what I, was, what I was paying attention to, I started to notice. It changes what we're paying attention to, what you're thinking about. Are you tithing your attention? Are you tithing what you're thinking about? God, I'm giving you at least 10% of my thoughts, right? Kind of a, like a weird goal when you think about it, like, but it's what we're thinking about. It's what we're caring about. And they gave their affection. I love how Paul points out their overflowing joy, even in the midst of trial. How many of you know it's, it's hard to have joy in trial? I've had bosses tell me before, I, I told the youth this a couple weeks ago, um, I had one boss, he was the grumpiest person I ever met. I don't think I ever really saw him smile. And uh, I was sitting there at work one day, and he's just like super grumpy, telling us how his day is going, and he just goes, you smile too much. <laughs> and it was like this weird like standoff of like, I don't know what else to do right now, but smile, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, I think, right? Like, I just didn't know what to do, but it was, to me, it was an overflowing joy that just God has made me with, right? Like, put, put in me. And he points out to Titus that in your love for us, right, it stands out. They cared. They cared enough to do something. Our culture tells us the more that we have, the happier we will be. Scripture tells us the Macedonians didn't have anything, and yet they were begging to give. How many of you have met somebody in life that they've been successful, but they're still miserable, right? Don't point anybody out. But having things doesn't make you happy. Sometimes the other mistake we, we have or we make is, is when we do this, then we'll be generous. How many of you know you'll, you won't be any more generous when you have things than when you don't? It's not built in you. 
If someone were to describe you, describe your personality, would they describe you as having overflowing joy? Would they point out the love that you have for others? Or are you always worried about something else? If we are, that might tell us where our heart is, right? Because I believe when we start tithing out of all areas in our life, when we start tithing our time, our attention, our affection, what we're thinking about, because money just comes with, our finances come with it, right? Like it's not a major deal anymore. It's just part of us. It's part of who we are. Many of you are taking uh, financial peace, or some of you are. And I love how Dave Ramsey says, money's just a brick, right? Like a brick can be made to build something, or it can be made to smash out a window. It's what we do with it that matters. Old Testament says 10%. Again, that's a good place to aim. But the New Testament says give as much as we're able. It praises those who give beyond their ability. I love how 2 Corinthians 8 ends where Paul's kind of comparing and contrasting with Titus. Hey, you're doing great in all these areas. But let's look at the Macedonian church. How do you compare? It's not a bad thing to to kind of weigh ourselves, to check ourselves. At Sunrise Church, we want to be a church about evaluation, right? It's a good thing. God, how am I giving? Where am I giving at? Am I lining up with Scripture? One of my prayers is is I love how this ends when when he tells Titus, guys, you guys are excelling at everything. That is my prayer for Sunrise Church, that we'd be known as a church that, that excels at everything, Right? We can never stop earnestly comparing it with what God is doing around us. One of my favorite testimonies about giving, and this is a financial one, is, 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 Darryl, is about Daryl Amiat. He, my pastor in college was Mike Amiat, so it was his dad. Um, his dad became a believer, um, didn't really know anything about anything, um, didn't make much, didn't have a good job at the time. Um, and they, they, he says, he's like, they we're barely able to make ends meet, right? Um, but his pastor started meeting with him and challenged him, are you tithing? Are you giving? And he's like, no. And he goes, well, don't aim at 10%. Aim at 1%. And so he did. He's like, okay, I can do that. I can give 1%. So he started giving 1%. He just made the promise of like, God, as you increase, I'm going to increase. And you know what started happening? In Daryl's life, he started getting promotion after promotion, started getting new jobs, more money coming in, more income coming in. And he just kept increasing, kept increasing, kept increasing. Um, and it was about two years later, somebody asked him, like, are you tithing? And he's like, yeah. He's like, do you know how much you're tithing? No, let's figure that out. So they looked at it, and you guys, you know how much he was giving? He figured out he was giving 24% of his income back to God. Because God just kept increasing, and so did he. And there was never a need or a want. I love that. I love that heart of, like, figuring out, like, nobody told him to stop at 10%, right? He didn't know enough, like, 10% is my goal. He was giving 24% of his income back to God. I don't know about you, but I think that's the heart that God's looking for, right? There's no limits. Like, oh, oh, I didn't know I was only supposed to give 10%, right? When you get to Acts chapter 2, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You guys, it doesn't say they only sold 10% of their property and possessions for the people they liked, right? Like some of us have done that inventory. If it was between the boat or you, uh, sorry, I'm taking the boat, right? Like, We've done that. We've, we've wrestled through that in our heads. Like, you're just, you're, you're a good friend, just not that good, right? Like, but it says, it says they sold and give to anyone who had need. That looks like more than 10% to me. It does. I see an early Christian church that they're so content in what Jesus is doing in their life that nothing else matters. I don't know about you guys, but that challenges me. When I see the church giving that way. So I want to ask you, how do you give? Do you give? What do you give? It's not just about money. Yes, we're going to be talking about that. But do you give your time? Do you give your attention? Do you give your affection? And even as our series is labeled excess, do you give out of excess, right? Like some of us, when like, hey, this month's looking pretty good. I, I think I can give a little bit this month, right? Like, or I'm more free this month than I am normally. I think I can do something nice for somebody. Sometimes we just give when we have extra. But the Macedonians had none of that. And they were known for their overflowing joy and rich generosity. Do you give out of what's left? Ah, I'm so busy this month. I don't have any time. My life is such a mess right now. I, I don't have time to care about anybody else or anything else. Things are so tight right now, I just can't give. You guys, God wants our whole heart. That's why he talks about it so much. That's what he's going after. He doesn't need our 10%. He just knows where our heart goes if we're not in, in business with him, if we're not sold out to him. Next week, Mark will be speaking to us about the principle of the first, giving out of our first. So that's what this apple is for. I'd, I'd like to just do a little illustration, kind of moving into our first. Um, and so, I mean, this could represent anything, right? Like this is 100% apple. It looks pretty good. Right? If I, if I were to give this to somebody, who likes apples in here? Good. So all of you would probably want this right now, right? Like, dang, I kind of am a little hungry, right? Like, sure, I'll take that. I'll have that apple. It looks good. Um, but let's say, like, for the purpose of this illustration, this apple represents our finances. This is the beginning of the month, right? Looks good. Everything's whole. Everything's there. This is our gross income for the month, right? Like, we, hey, that's not bad looking, but then, like, stuff starts to hit us, right? We got the mortgage. I'm not a fast eater, so I'm going to try to do the best that I can here. So we got, we got the mortgage that comes out, right? Bigger bite? All right, someone. You're already trying to trip me up, aren't you? So I'm going to have car payments, right? 
We need those new wheels. Some of us need to paint the car, right? <laughs> car maintenance, change the oil. This is a really juicy apple. So we got to pay for those things. I told you I'm not a quick eater. What else comes out? Give me ideas. Food bill, right? Like, I have four kids. Hmm? Cell phone bill. Insurance. What is everybody having trouble with right now? Ins- health insurance, right? Like, this thing would be gone in no time, right? What else? Gas for cars? Yep, they don't run themselves, unfortunately. Hmm? Electric bill? <laughs> Gas bill? Hmm? <laughs> I may need a- <laughs> I may need assistance up here. Jeff, you want to come help me out? <laughs> but you guys get it, right? You take out gem memberships. And all of a sudden, there's not much left of this apple, right? Now, if I, I saw a bunch of you raise your hands that you like apples. So, do you want this apple? Oh, you're going to take it. Wow. <laughs> this is a far less appealing apple now to take, right? Especially once it starts getting eaten. What happens when it sits there for a while? It starts to turn brown. It starts to look not so appealing. And there's nothing left. How many of you noticed none of you said tithe? But a lot of times we get through the month, we get to the end, this is what's left, and now we're like, shoot, I haven't tithed yet. I don't have anything left to give. Or we give out of this. Not many of you would like to take this apple now because it doesn't look as appealing as it once did. And you've seen me eat it and drool all over it and everything else, right? Like, but a lot of times, Mark is going to wonder what happened up here, I think, next week. <laughs> but a lot of times, this is what we give out of. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but a lot of times, this is what we get out of, give out of, right? This is what God sees when we give out of our last. In the beginning, He saw the whole apple. It looked good, it was refreshing. He's like, Here's your blessings, I've given you this. But then we get to the end of the month, and the last thing we think about most of the time is giving, giving back to God, tithing. We get out of what, give out of what's left. And this is what God sees, you guys. He's like, you give out of everything that I've given you. Give right away. Give me the first fruits. Or you can get out of, give out of that, which many of us do. And I, I do think it matters where we give out of. We give out of the first. Because it tells us well, who we're in business with. It tells us who we trust. Why would he give us more if we couldn't handle what he's given us to begin with? 
So as we close this morning, <laughs> things are really sticky up here right now. <laughs> I just want you to think about, not, not if you had more time, because all of us are locked into 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? Like we, as far as I know, we can't extend that time. Just like many of you are locked in with finances coming in, with what you're thinking about, with where your attention's going. So maybe we need to look at where are we giving out of? What are we giving from? Where is my heart at in this? Because a lot of times we're like, down the road I'll be generous. But honestly, God is telling us, no you wouldn't. I'm showing you the Macedonian church. I'm showing you the New Testament church to say that they didn't have any of that stuff, but they didn't care. You guys, giving is in God's nature. He gave us his son. God gave us everything. Are we giving everything? The Macedonian church was begging, pleading, insisting that they be able to be a part of being generous. Are you generous with your time, with your thoughts, with your affections, and with your money? 10% is a good starting point. It's a good place to aim. Just don't let it become your checkbox. Amen? And I just want to say, if God is challenging you in any of these areas this morning, I want to invite you. This is his altar, right? I would love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. Like, you're right. My heart isn't in a spot of being generous. My heart isn't in a response that I'm responding to God's grace in my life of saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm all, all, all in for you with everything that I have. I'm tired of using excuses like I'm too busy. I'm tired of being focused on my own things. You know, there's a saying in the church that it's like 20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? But I look at that, I'm like, why can't 100% of the church do 100% of the work? How much better, how much more reaching in our communities would we be if all of us did the work of the kingdom and gave everything that we had? I don't know about you, but I want Sunrise to be church that's known in the area as a church that excels at everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in love for others, in the grace of giving. That is my prayer for you this morning. And when we look at giving, at tithing, it's more than money. God cares about your heart. He cares about where it's coming from. And I just want to challenge you with that this morning. And as we close, if you need prayer, I would love to pray with you. But let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for scripture. I thank you for seeing churches like the Macedonian church. God, who they had trials, but yet they had overflowing joy in their life. God, they didn't really have much, but yet they had a rich generosity about them. Father, that is my prayer for Sunrise Church. That God, as we give to things like RFK, as we give to community events in our, in our community around us, God, that we would be known as being generous because I believe that that reflects your heart. And Father, I pray for the people that are here this morning that as we look at more than just finances, 
are we generous in every area of our life? God, if there's selfishness, if there's self-centeredness, I pray that you would call that out in our life. And that, Father, when Sunrise Church will be mentioned in this area, in this region, in this town, that we begin to see the New Testament church moving, that they would see us sacrificing for each other. They would see us spending time with each other, loving each other. God, that ultimately we would see people coming to you as a result of that. Acts 2, that daily people were coming to you as a result of the community that was here. Father, I pray that you challenge our hearts, challenge us as a church as we continue to dig into this. And Father, this morning we give you every area of our life. Father, help us give in everything. And Jesus, we just come back to you and say, if our hearts are in the wrong place, change us, make us new. And Father, we repent if we're being selfish, if we're forgetting to give you glory in any area of our life. God, we repent of that. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that being generous is in your nature because you gave us your son. And Father, we just thank you and praise you for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said?